Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, hello, hello. Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. I am Matt Browning, and this is The Driven Entrepreneur, and you, of course, are probably a driven entrepreneur. You want to get into the backstories, so let's get into the backstories of what makes great people great, and of course, pull out some tips along the way and some strategies and tools. My guest this week is a phenomenal entrepreneur. Uh, She has her hand in many different cookie jars. Her name is Tracy Higley, and we are talking about how to redefine success as an entrepreneur. Uh, Tracy's been an entrepreneur since childhood and is currently CEO of several e-commerce and logistics companies. So like doing shipping logistics, she runs multiple companies. She's also a prolific author. She's written over a dozen historical novels and nonfiction books. She's the founder and CEO of a company called Impactivity, which coaches entrepreneurial women to thrive by integrating business, health, spirituality all together. So that's, of course, her passion project company that she's doing today. Without any further ado, enjoy my interview with Miss Tracy Higley. And now my next interviewee today. I'm so excited. Uh, we've been having a great chat offline so far. Um, she has been an entrepreneur for a long time since childhood. And she's currently, get this, the CEO of several, not one, not two, but several e-commerce and shipping logistics companies. I said, what's logistics? She said, shipping companies. I never met someone who ran a shipping company, let alone multiple I cannot wait to pick her brain on this. She's also a prolific author. Not only does she run several companies, but she's written over a dozen fiction novels and nonfiction books. She's also the founder and CEO of Impactivity, which coaches entrepreneurial women to thrive by integrating business, health, and spirituality. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Ms. Tracy Higley. How are you? Thank you, Matt. I'm really glad to be here, and I'm doing terrific. Thanks. I am so happy to have you. So today we're talking about, obviously we're going to talk about impactivity and I want to break that down in a moment, but today's topic uh, is redefining success. So first question is, I gave you a whole list of words and you picked uh, redefining success was the one that you maybe related to the most or you like the most. What does it mean to you, success and or redefining success? Why'd you pick it? Well, I picked it because I think I've had a number of different successes in my life in terms of just, you know, pursuing different dreams, being involved in different things and uh, finding some success at some level in in a number of them. And I think that uh, it's not enough, you know, to just have success in what you're doing. It's really all about having an impact for one thing on the world, making a difference and not just, uh, you know, accumulating achievements for your own sake for whatever that internal drive you have to do that is about that's important and we need to, to, you know, fulfill ourselves and our dreams, but we also need to make a difference in the world. But also I think redefining success because in the pursuit of success, I find so many people just really getting burned out, um, not being able to figure out how to integrate some of the other parts of their life, you know, connecting with people and recharging and resting and uh, really just figuring out how to kind of run this entrepreneurial race, if you will, because it is, it's a marathon for sure. And um, if we don't really tend to, all of the parts that make up success, then we are going to burn out and and flame out really long before we needed to. And so we're not going to make the impact that we might've made. 
So do you feel like people, I mean, still kind of today, right? We're doing this 2018 as we record this. Are, are people still looking at success super lopsided, like one category in life at, at you know, finance or, or business success? I feel like maybe I've been having that conversation for a long time and you probably have too. Uh, but I wonder, you know, how much do we see it out there that people create success and it's just in that one spot and you see other things going down in flames. Do you find it that lopsided? Are people looking for balance? Is that what success is or is it something different? I think it's less lopsided than it used to be for sure. I think we're definitely hearing more people talk about sort of a holistic approach to life in general, you know, and including their business, their entrepreneurial journey in that and trying to attend to kind of all the areas of health. You know, we would say like relational and physical and spiritual and mental health, all those things. Um, But what I do hear still a lot that is kind of a little bit of a uh, thing that bugs me, I guess I'll say, is this idea of work-life balance. So everybody's going for work-life balance. And I think the thing that bugs me about it a little bit, honestly, is that it kind of assumes that work and life are opposites and that we're trying to sort of put them on a scale and balance them out. And for one thing, I don't really see how you can balance because I don't, you have to be able to have some unit of measurement to balance. And what are you, what are you measuring that in? Are you measuring it in minutes or you know, dollars or hours? Like there's no real way to measure work on one side of a scale and, and life on the other. That's but a really other- great point. <laughs> not having, I just want to take a second on that, not to have a metric of balance or a, a metric of measurement for being able to, how, how do you balance time with your kid versus time with your clients? Like, like right. that's, I just never thought of it like that before. That's not, they're not commes- commiserate, commiserate. What's the word I'm Com- looking for? Commensurate. 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 Like, <laughs> like it's not, it's not the same unit of measurement. It's not the same value to me. Five minutes right. with a client versus five minutes with my son. You know what I mean? Like right. I can't say, well, I had five here. I had five there. No, I right. want five of my client. I want 50 with my son or whatever. I don't know. Right. And along those same lines, the other thing that kind of bugs me about the work-life balance is, like I said, it kind of assumes that work and life are opposite. And for me, I mean, my work is life-giving. I would hope that everybody would find life-giving work. If your work is the opposite of what you would call life, I feel like that's kind of sad. You know, I, I really want my work to have life infused into it. And so to say that life is the thing that happens when you're not working um, also kind of, you know, devalues everything. And really, if you're defining it that way, I think what we, would, what we would call life happens in a very small amount of time when we're looking at it like that. And so it really becomes impossible to, to find balance in that normal way of looking at it. Because, you know, if like, what would you really call life? You know, like doing the dishes, is that life? Well, probably not, you know, so it becomes narrower and narrower and narrower how we're defining life. And then you're left with like, wow, I have, I have no life. Wow. Yeah. And then pretty soon you look at a whole week and go, well, I worked every day and then I did dishes and scrubbed the toilets and did everything else throughout. And then went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I I went for one hike at the park with my dog for an afternoon, you know, and maybe, so did you only get one thing? That's insane. So, Right. So I I like to define it differently. I'll just throw this in there. Instead of work life, what I like to say is is just more of like the work, the rest and the relationships. I think those are the things that we're trying to kind of cycle through. I won't say balance again, because there's no unit of measurement, but in trying to be more healthy, I think what we should be looking at is, you know, are we working like we want to? Are we resting and recharging the way we want to? And are we connecting with people the way we want to? Well, I, I like the word you used too, Tracy. You said not not um, balance, but cycle. I thought that was really, really useful. So work, rest, relationship, cycle, because you're constantly cycling through and enjoying doing that. How old were you in in your first entrepreneurial venture? I know you're clearly a serial entrepreneur. Are you one of these people who had a lemonade stand at you know two years old in the in the womb, or uh, <laughs> did, 
you start later in life after, you know, a series of events. Tell me your story. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm one of those kids who was out on the, out on the sidewalk, but uh, <laughs> for me, it was not lemonade. It was crafts. I just loved making little things. And my mom was really into that with me and we would make stuff and sell it. We would have little, um, you know, Christmas craft shows on the front porch and try to get the neighbors to come and buy, you know, little things we made out of junk, basically. <laughs> yeah. What was the youngest you remember doing that? Oh gosh, probably seven, maybe. Wow. Like that. Yeah. So you're just a little kid. Yeah. Crafts. Yeah. And then just trying all kinds of things through the years, you know, all different things of uh, things I, you know, thought might work this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Some crazy ideas and some that weren't so crazy and eventually something kind of took off. So. And I want to hear about some of those. Now, were your, was your mom or dad, were they entrepreneurial? Were they the opposite? Did one push you or pull you in a certain direction? Um, I think they both had a hand in it. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and just encouraged me to use my creativity. I was an only child up until I was almost 13. So um, we did lots of things together, projects and things like that. And she just always encouraged me to, to follow that. My dad um, was a chiropractor, is a chiropractor and uh, had his own practice. And so he had that entrepreneurial kind of thing going as well. And so, yeah, I think I just kind of came by it, honestly. Wow. So interesting. Now tell me how, I can see how you would start a company, start a different one. You know, you're experimenting with things and, and same as my story, right? It's like a lot of us have the same story. Some things stuck, some things didn't stick. You find what you love, you keep going with it. But tell me how this, how this intersection, if there is an intersection of authoring and CEOing, how does that work? <laughs> is it two separate loves? Did one lead itself? What did you do first? Tell, tell me the, that story. Yeah, it's almost impossible to unravel. I think it, it really, they really were pretty <laughs> concurrent. Um, I think yeah, I was trying all these little things as I was a kid growing up and, you know, even into my 20s, but I was also writing. I loved to write. I wrote little plays and I got the neighborhood kids to participate in them. And my cousins at family reunions and stuff, you know, were always having to be part of my plays and aunts and uncles rolling their eyes, having to watch all of our productions. And uh, so the writing was always part of me as well. And uh, yeah, just love to read, love, love, love to read, and just always dreamed of writing my own book. So I actually started my first novel when I was eight, eight years old, and I still have it. I still have the whole rough copy. I never finished it, but I still have all of that that I wrote of that novel at eight. I was going to ask, is that, is that the, the first finished novel? So you started no. <laughs> writing your first novel at eight. Yeah. What, what was the book about? Uh, it was about four kids, brothers and sisters, and they had some kind of adventure uh, on a farm. They went to like an uncle and aunt's house for the summer and had some you know, suspenseful adventure, finding some old relic. Um, a suspenseful their, adventure. I yeah. love it. <laughs> wow. Well, so what are your, uh, what, what are the fiction novels mostly about? Is it, is it, do you have like a recurring character? Is it all, is every single one unique? Yeah, they're all what we call standalone. So there's okay. not a series, but um, they're all historical and almost all set in ancient history periods. So ancient Greece, Rome, Egypt, Persia, uh, that period is kind of my, my thing. And um, went and got a master's degree in ancient and classical history while I was at it. So did you really? I did. Yeah. Wow. Cause why not? You know? Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> no, that's usually top on most people's bucket list. I think it's going back to school and is that to, what you get, mean? Get, to get a master's degree in, uh, in ancient arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband kind of says, well, there's something useful. 
<laughs> well, it turns out though, I guess if you're going to be writing books, I mean, how cool is that that you have the research, right? Like yeah. you're writing these fiction books that are set in times that you've actually studied in real life. That is, that's amazing. Studied and traveled too. That's been another part of it. That's been fun. So I've been, I've traveled all around the Mediterranean, Middle East, uh, researching books too. So that's been cool. Wow. Now I, I know we want to get into a little bit uh, of another topic, but this is just so fascinating to me. And I think a lot of the people who, you know, are in our tribe listening to the podcast, um, definitely either have written a book, they want to write a book. A, a book is part of the journey, whether uh, nonfiction or fiction. Mm-hmm. My wife is really much more into like the fiction books, right? Mm-hmm. And and she's very artistic. Now, I I usually read not, uh, nonfiction books, but I, I like them as well. I, I like the uh, the mystery books and thrillers and all that kind of stuff. If you had a piece of advice for someone who says, I've always had this story, you know, I've had this, this dream or this, this book in me, I feel like it's this and I've, you know, this character has followed them in their imagination for 20 years, but they've never written the book for whatever reason, limiting belief or otherwise, what would you tell that person and how could they start if they want to get a book out? A fiction book, a story. I say, yeah, I would say two things. One, well, I don't know. Oh my goodness, I would say so many things. But <laughs> I'll try you know, to I'm putting you on the spot. But you're just you're getting you're getting me excited. And Here's the top. Yeah, the top things I would say. One is is that it's easier than ever to get your words out there now. So you know, it used to be that the gatekeepers were there, and there was no way anybody would ever read your work, short of you know family and friends that you kind of printed it up and handed it out to. Now, so much easier to get your work out there in an ebook form, you know, on Amazon, so many ways to do it. So if you really want to do it, do it. Second thing I would say is don't do it for the money because it's very, very difficult to make a living writing. And, you know, it really has to kind of go along with something else. And so if this is kind of just a one-off dream that you have to write this novel or even to write a series of novels, uh, do it for the love of it. Don't, don't think that you're going to hit it big. Uh, you might, but that's kind of like a lightning strike. So uh, do it, do it because you love it and you really just want to get that story out into the world. Um, but know that you can, like I said, there's so many ways to get it out into the world. And then thirdly, I think I would just say is that if you don't know what in the world you're doing um, and you feel like you can't start because you don't have enough information, there are so many good resources out there for writing. So, you know, for writing fiction specifically. So go find one, you know, just go to your local bookstore and, and look on the shelf and pull the first thing off that you see and let it get you started because there's tons of good resources. There really is so much right now. And it's, mm-hmm. I agree with you. There's never been a better time between the barriers and between the resources. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you've also done a lot of nonfiction books. Um, and I want to talk about how, you know, today you, you've, you've done quite a few different companies, but you've landed on one of the, like your babies, the thing you're clearly most passionate about. And, and when I said, you know, what do you love? You brought this up first, being the CEO of Impactivity, which is, in your words, where uh, the intersection of productivity and making an impact. Um, how, how does impactivity and the work you do in that company connect in regards to helping your clients, say, redefine success and what, what success really is? And I think I have a good idea of what an answer might be, but I would love to get your take on this. Well, I will say that in the book, Impactivity, and um, with all the resources that we have on the site, um, including podcasts that we do, we uh, really focus in on six different elements. So the first three of those six elements are really about discovering and figuring out the dream that you feel like you're meant to pursue. So a lot of people come and they're just kind of stuck because they don't have any clarity. They might have an idea of something that they want to do, but they don't really know how to distill it down into really a purpose for their life. Um, a purpose for even just for the next phase of their life. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not a whole lifelong thing, but it's just, I'm in transition. I'm ready for something new. They don't really know what that is. And so the first three elements of impactivity are dream, where we just talk about 
how to figure that out, how to, how to figure out what your dream really is. The second one is unshackle, which because the first thing that happens as soon as we kind of define a purpose for our life in a dream is we start hitting all kinds of roadblocks and we start hitting all kinds of objections and things that just come roaring up and say, you know, you can't do that for all these different reasons. And so we really need to unshackle from a lot of that. And some of that is kind of spiritual heart work that we have to do. And some of that is just practical things we have to get free of. Sure. The, the third one is design because once we figure it out, it's really not enough to just kind of have this vague fuzzy dream. We really need to get some clarity and get strategy around it and have a vision and, and really know how we're going to go forward. So that's kind of all the discovery side, I guess, of, of figuring out a dream for your life. And then the last three are what I was talking about actually earlier about kind of going through the cycle in an ongoing way in our lives of doing the work, doing the recharging and resting, and then people. So the last three elements are ignite, which is where we, we do the work. You know, we get into our habits and our routines and organizing and our daily workflow and systems and habits and, and um, all of that, focusing everything. And then um, recharge is the next one where we're resting and reviewing and refueling and, and uh, taking a look at our life in general, but also just really reconnecting with ourselves. And then the last one is connect where we're, we're really focusing in on relationships and the relationships in our life that we're connecting with. So, so anyway, that's the six elements of impactivity and kind of the point of all of that is to just, like I said, have this more well-rounded kind of approach to life in general that includes our work. So, so let me just re reiterate that. So everyone, if you're taking notes or jotting down, so Tracy's saying there's of impactivity and you can find more at impactivity.com um, and you'll find out you're going to give a little gift at the end here, but at impactivity.com, there's all the information. There's six different elements, dream, unshackle, design. So you find your purpose, you get free of what's holding you back, and then you make a plan and design for moving forward. I think that's so cool and so clear too. It's very, very simple. And and then the, 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 last, or the last three were Ignite, which is working hard, then Recharge. So make sure after all your hard work, you still get to rest well, take care of yourself, and then Connect, which is sharing deeply and bringing that out and impacting others. Really, really well put, well organized. Um, I want to ask you, do you feel like, is this a thing that happens sequentially? Like, it, Do you find sometimes clients come to you and they are trying to work on the unshackling, but they haven't yet? really found the dream yet or they're trying to work hard but they don't have the plan or they're you know what i'm saying whatever that yep. is are these very much like ordinal like needing to happen in order that way well nothing ever happens that way right in life i mean that <laughs> you know, that would be lovely but it's just that's not reality so my life is yeah. perfect yeah <laughs> oh well, except for you then matt <laughs> happens in order of my plan come on yeah nothing happens according <laughs> to plan in my life but um in fact i mean i'll just be totally honest is that you know i'm teaching all this stuff and i'm coaching people and yet at the same time you know every other week i'm waking up saying i'm a fraud i'm a fraud my life's falling apart you know and and uh, people in my life are always good enough to remind me, you're not a fraud. These are things you struggle with. And that's why you're able to you know, bring them out and articulate them and, and teach other people um, and help people along because you understand the struggle. And I do, I understand, you know, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording that, you know, obviously I have a lot of things going on. So for me, focusing in on, you know, what is my actual purpose and what do I feel like is the most important thing I'm supposed to be doing right now is something I have to revisit over and over and over again. And that unshackling too is something that, you know, sometimes we've got to get free even to even step into this process at all. There's things we have to get free of, you know, we don't wow. even feel permission to dream. We don't even feel like um, that's available to us right now for whatever reason, you know, where we are in life. So sometimes we've got to get free before we even start to dream at all. So, so no, I mean, it would be nice if everything happened in a, nice particular order like that. But I think it, it, there is so much work that we have to do in order to really 
find what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Um, but you got to start somewhere. You know, you got to. Yeah, I love that. That's huge too. When you said, you know, some people you need to reshackle, unshackle first, not reshackle, a terrible <laughs> idea. We have to unshackle first before you even have permission to dream. So I look at these six, the dream, unshackle, design, ignite, recharge, and connect really is almost like elements where you could look at it and say, hey, which one, like, am I, do if I'm working hard, but getting nowhere, you might look at some of the others, I would think, right? If someone was going to work with you and go, well, are you working hard because you don't have a good plan? Or are you working hard and getting ahead, but you're getting burned out? So you need to, do you know what I mean? Like it's about which one, obviously, you know, this is your system, uh, but it seems, again, just as I'm taking them for the first time um, and speaking kind of from a coach perspective and just looking at my life, I could say, wow, I, I see what I'm doing right, but I also see what I'm missing right? If there's something I'm missing and probably rest well is my, my missing uh, <laughs> seasoning right now in this season, for sure. For a lot of people that is for me, for sure, too. Um, and that's really kind of where I came to all of this was just because I did hit kind of a low spot of getting burned out and uh, really just kind of losing my mind for a little while and trying to have to regroup and figure out what was going on there. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, what were we talking about before that? <laughs> I missed, I, I lost it there. Just we right were talking that. about focus. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, well let, let, let's pop back to, tell me again about the impactivity work. So um, you help people through like with these six different, uh, I don't know what you would call those again, the elements, phases, yeah. six elements. different elements mm -hmm. of impactivity. And at the end of it, I would imagine you're able to be totally productive, doing what you're called to do, doing what you're supposed to do while making a big impact. Um, how... What do you find the best method to get into that is? I know you have you have a podcast. I'm assuming it's called um, Impactivity, mm -hmm. yes. the Impactivity Podcast. So you can find your podcast, I'm sure, all places where you find podcasts. We'll put it in the show notes as well so people can go right to that. Um, what's the format? Like, do you, do you tend to, do you love like group experiences? Do you do like deep dive one-on-one -on -one stuff? How, how do you help someone get into a real Impactivity TM life? <laughs> Well, right now we're all about resources and I've been saying we, and I do want to share just a little quick story of just kind of part of my whole entrepreneurial journey and love that. Um, part of impactivity as well. So the re the way that my, um, my successful entrepreneurial, um, companies got started was, uh, this has been about uh, 14 years ago, I guess now, something like that, um, that my 11-year-old daughter at the time, my oldest daughter, wanted to go to horse camp. And we told her that if she could make a little bit of money, that she could, that we would help her out, but she needed to make some money. And so kind of following in the footsteps of my mom with me and the little different business ventures that we, we tried out together, um, I started doing that with my daughter as well. And we started selling things online on eBay and she would go to craft stores and buy things with a, a coupon that had a, a discount on a product and she would go and sell them on eBay for full price. And um, basically just this one product she started selling just kind of took off and we were selling more and more of it. And this was in the really early days of e-commerce and wasn't as much competition as there is now. And um, so, you know, this is like pre Amazon, I think almost, but um, anyway, it just took, kind of took off and we went from there and started these different uh, e-commerce websites and companies and got really good at shipping. And so then we started a shipping company and she has been kind of along for the ride that whole time, um, doing different things for me along the way. Um, she went and got a degree in um, web development and uh, is doing her own thing. She's actually a teacher at her university and uh, has her own freelance business, but she's, you know, still kind of joined me, but then she has joined me now in impactivity as well. And so um, She's gone and get a, gotten a degree in counseling with a, a, an emphasis in life coaching. And what we're really all about right now is trying to figure out how to scale life coaching, honestly, 
for entrepreneurial women who really want to try to figure out how to kind of manage all of this in their life. And so right now we're really all about putting resources together rather than being really focused in on one-on-one or coaching, that kind of thing. We're putting together as many resources as we can to really figure out how to scale that. So together we're kind of doing all of this in terms of the podcast and we've got workbooks and guides and a lot of articles online and uh, all different things that we're doing together. So she's pretty awesome and we're having a good time. That is very cool. Wow. And, and you mentioned too, when you started your e-commerce, e-commerce business with your 11 year old daughter, can you expand on that? So yeah, that's why I said we just were um, buying these craft things and selling them on eBay and that kind of took off. And so, uh, Oh, I, I misunderstood. I'm sorry. This was back in the day when she was 11. She's no longer she was 11. 11. She's no longer 11. <laughs> <laughs> She's all grown up. Yeah. And so, and now a teacher in a university and, and partnering with me. At Impact. I, I, I heard what I wanted to hear. And I, I heard <laughs> <laughs> the so you, you heard two different daughters, but that was just all one daughter. I did. I was like, wait a minute. What about, what about the 11 year old? Okay. So that was you and the 11 year old doing the craft store. That's amazing. Yeah. How cool so, is that? Yeah, so now we have multiple websites that we're selling on and uh, doing shipping for other clients as well um, with, you know, in a, a logistics company. So it's cool is like today, you know, like there's so, and even, you know, then as well, but there's so much opportunity for what you can do to, to involve your kids with things for mm-hmm. those of us who have, have kids. Um, I remember somebody was telling me once, they said, hey, you know, what you can do is when, if you're away from home a lot and you have a kid at home, you could, you know, um, record something for them and leave it with them or email it to them. And I said, oh, that's a really neat idea. And then I realized I was on the road for a while. My son and I started, we started a YouTube channel <laughs> and it's, it's, it hasn't taken off yet. We have like four subscribers, but it's mostly for us. It's a vintage 80s Transformers toy review channel. <laughs> Right. Awesome. Not not a huge market, but then again, there are some people that have well over a million subscribers. So I think it'd be a lot of fun. But what we started doing was, you know, that's the kind of idea that could either take off or not. But it's a blast for us because I will zoom with him just like we're doing right now from a hotel room, and then he'll get mom's laptop and put and he'll pick like three transformers that I had when I was a kid that he has now in his room, and you know put them up in front of the webcam, and then we do like the kids do on YouTube, right? So okay, now this one, I read them all the history, and I tell them the name, and he transforms them, and it's just a blast. But the idea is like, what is something, instead of him, if I tried to get my son Val to come on stage with me and say, come on, son, be a speaker like dad, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want it. He's like, no way, not, not my gig. But all of a sudden, if I'm like, well, what do, what do you love? What can we do together? And then I just go after his passions. And again, if you're talking about taking your daughter out to, to a craft store and she's already liking this stuff and, oh, this is neat. You know what we could do, mom. And before you know it, um, you know, you're, you're building a little entrepreneur and you're... Yep. <laughs> You're encouraging them in the ways that you want them to go on. That's pretty neat. And I will say from the other side of it too, you know, now that she's older and in her twenties that, you know, that journey has been really cool to be part of and watching how that informed and shaped her, you know, how that sent her on her own journey. Um, And where she might've been like your son 10 years ago. And if I had said, come on stage with me and speak, she would have said, that's not my thing. She's now stepping into her own voice, you know, finding herself, finding, finding who she is as her own individual and, and where she fits. And yet she's, you know, she's letting me be along for the ride with that as well. So yeah, I, I love having, you know, her involved in my life and, and I'm involved in her life. And, and that's really a cool thing. Sometimes I'm not sure who's coaching who, because it goes a lot the both, both ways. So it's pretty cool. And you, every time you, you say something, Tracy, there's something that just um, powerful that comes out. And I want to make sure that people heard that, especially if you have adult children, because I only have one seven-year-old boy, right? Mm. Um, but there's a lot of our students and clients and listeners that, that have adult children. I want to 
point out something that Tracy just said. You said, I'm involved in her life and she's involved in mine. That to me is such a healthy, like powerful, encouraging, like adult child relationship. A lot of times I see that kind of dysfunction happen. And I know this is off topic, but let's talk about success. You know, parenting success 101 is you've raised a good human that's now an amazing independent adult. And if you've done your job right, you get to be in her life, but she's no longer like is your life, if that makes sense, right? It's not that she's, she is your life or you're hers. And if she leaves the nest now, you're not sure what to do because your purpose was her. It's like, no, no, no. She's her and I'm yeah. me. And if we're both healthy and loving, we get to choose to be in each other's life for a long, long time. And that's, uh, that's a pretty cool place to be. It is I cool. It is cool. And then she lives a thousand miles away. So she's definitely left the nest, but we oh, get to, <laughs> left the nest. We get to be a part of each other's life and, and, you know, yeah, another, another boon of technology. Like you said, just uh, the world we live in makes it easy to connect and stay connected. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, we are talking with uh, Tracy Higley, all things impactivity, being a, having a productive life and making a huge impact. If you want to follow her, by the way, you can follow Tracy on Facebook and Instagram at impactivity. That's I-M-P-A-C-T-I-V-I-T-Y. Spell it the way you think it sounds and you'll be right. <laughs> at impactivity on Instagram and Facebook and find out what she's up to. I love too because at impactivity.com, you also have a ton of, like you said, resources. You have a really cool podcast. You have leadership and entrepreneur information. You have how to book you as a speaker. You have, you know, you as a traveler. You have you as a novelist. There's all, all things you um, and part of this whole story is coming together. So if you relate to Tracy uh, and you like that story, and you know what I love about you, Tracy, is you're not a one-size-fits-all entrepreneur. You're not a one-trick one pony, so to speak, you know? Um, and I, don't, I think there's a lot of people also that relate that they don't need to, I don't want to fit into a box of, well, I'm a novelist, so the only thing I do is write young adult novels. And that's the only thing I'll ever do. It's like, well, what if I wanted to do more things in my life? So if you want to find out again, all the stuff Tracy's up to, follow her on social media at Impactivity and check out the website. Um, speaking of the website, you have a resource you mentioned that you might be able to share with us or a gift for the audience. I always love part of listening to the podcast here is that you know you're going to get a, um, a barrage of awesomeness and you're going to get uh, gifts thrown your way towards my cool guests. So Tracy, what can you hook us up with? So what I have today is something that I think a lot of people are in need of, despite the fact that they recognize themselves as being entrepreneurial or even being uh, gifted in a lot of different areas. Sometimes it's really hard to kind of hone in on what is my specific purpose? You know, what am I supposed to be doing in this, this next phase of my life? And it can be tricky because we have so many different things that we can evaluate. And so come up with this kind of three-step process that helps people really hone in on kind of the intersection of all the different parts of who they are as a well-rounded person to really figure out what do I feel like is my purpose? So I've got that for everybody. So it's like the three-step guide to discovering your purpose, I think is what it's called. So you can That's find that. That's a great in, name. <laughs> good. three-step guide to discovering your purpose. Yep. And you can find it at impactivity.com slash purpose. All right. You heard it here first. Impactivity.com forward slash purpose. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So you, if you're uh, wherever you're listening to this, you can just click on that button and away you go. If you're on YouTube, you can just look in the show description and you'll see the hyperlink for Tracy's gift, impactivity.com slash purpose. Tracy's we're winding up here. Yeah, I've really been enjoying this interview. Uh, genuinely um, very, very cool, interesting person to get to know. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you better, maybe even pitching you to be on your podcast one day. I don't know if it's possible, but man, that would, uh, that would make my day. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be cool. 
uh, as we as we get to the twilight, I got one big final question for you, or two of them at least. The, the second to last one would be final tip, final, not just a tip, your final philosophy that you want to kind of leave someone with as they're, if they're resonating with this, what, what do you want to say? You know, what do you want to say to someone just for that final moment? I think it would be not to stay where you are. If you feel stuck, if you feel confused, um, you know, if, if you have a lack of clarity, if you have fear, uh, the, the subtitle of my book, Impactivity, is what if I'm working hard on all the wrong things? And I think it's a question we are afraid to ask ourselves. So if that's where you are, you've kind of had that fear that you're working hard, hard on all the wrong things. You know you're working hard, but you know, are you really where you're supposed to be? I would say, don't stay there. Don't stay stuck. Don't stay confused. Really take time to push into figuring out what that purpose is, you know, whether it's the download we just talked about or some other resource, but you know, don't, don't stay where you are. Move forward because there is some unique adventure that you are meant to live, and I want to see you live it. I love that. That's a quote for the day. There's a unique adventure that you're meant to live and I want to see you live it. Very cool. And final question, Tracy, if you could change anything in all your story and all your history, what would you change or would you leave it all the same? Yeah, that's tough because I feel like some of my lowest points are where my biggest revelations came from. So, you know, probably most people would say that, you know, that the times that I regret, I think are the the time, the years, the times that I didn't spend with my kids, that I didn't, you know, push into relationships, that I didn't rest well, that I didn't do the things I should have been doing to take care of myself. And I really did burn out and get to a low place and not a, a good place mentally, spiritually, you know, physically, any of that. And yet those, those are the experiences and the lessons that I feel like it is my purpose to then put out into the world and share with people. So um, so final so I'm really answer. Sure, yeah, I'm not really sure how to change. Yeah, I guess nothing. I guess I wouldn't change. You would leave it. I would leave it. You would leave it. I love it. You know, it's funny. Not everyone says that. Many people do, but I, I come to the I come to the same conclusion. You know, there's things that I could, I don't know, things I could regret and go, gosh, I wish that was different. But if I was to change it, would I really? I don't know. But it's good to hear you would leave it the same. That means you are living a life well lived. Um, if you could see what I'm seeing right now, she has a smile that lights up miles of roadway. Um, <laughs> Tracy, thanks for being such an awesome interview. Thank you for uh, just sharing your light with everyone. Again, impactivity.com. Tracy Higley, everyone. Follow her at impactivity. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks again to my guest, Tracy Higley, today. Um, really, really enjoyed that conversation. Um, you know, something I love about her, she's just, you know, hopefully everyone that comes on the show is very, very genuine. But, you know, some people are, I don't know how to, like maybe more professional than they are just kind of human beings. And, you know, and that's not knocking, you know, someone's professionalism, but I guess I just really appreciate Tracy's genuineness. She just showed up and I instantly felt like, hey, you're just another person like me. You're a human being and we had a great connection. So really, really enjoyed that interview. Um, I've been holding it for a little while, getting ready for just the right time. It is springtime. We're going into summer. Now is the time for us to redefine our success. I want you to look at Really, I would look at the summer coming, you know, especially if you're out in the Midwest or anywhere like that where I am. I went through a brutal winter. You know, I look at the spring and summer really is this season change, this new beginning. And if you're anything like me, you know, I like to, I start to look at my, my business schedule, the podcast schedule. I look at my family, the time I spend with them. I look at everything together. And sometimes it's just, you know, it's important to redefine what it really means to succeed. And maybe that's a season for you right now. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. Make sure you follow Tracy on social media um, and definitely go to tracyhigley.com. 
and find out more about her and how she can help you in your business. Thanks for listening. As usual, make sure you rate, subscribe, review. Not necessarily in that order. You can subscribe, of course, and then rate and review. If you're listening to this on the radio, remember that we also have an on-demand version. Every one of these radio shows goes right into iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartMedia, and you can get them streaming or downloaded to the device of your choosing absolutely free twice a week, every single week. So looking forward to, to seeing you next time in a few days. As usual, get out there this week and crush it. 